All right, so welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. And this week, I am really excited to have an amazing man, Thomas Hicks, Tidewater Striders president, uh, really fast runner, and also a pretty amazing ultra runner. So, Thomas, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, so let's kind of start off with who is Thomas Hicks? Well, I am a retired military guy, I'm 100% disabled vet, father and a husband, three children, uh, 20, what is it now, 23, 22, and seven, so. 20, wait, wait, 23, 22, and seven. And seven, yeah. <laughs> Actually, he's 24, 23, and seven. So that's, a, both, that's a gap. That's a gap, man. 24, 23, and seven. seven. Like that, that's 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 like a long gap in there, Thomas. It is a it's a it is a very <laughs> long gap. That's awesome. So what do you do for a living now that you're I mean you're a retired vet, so that's yeah, cool. retired and um I work, you know, I pretty much most of my time is with my family and I also I'm the president of Tidewater Striders, and that's a lot of time. I race direct ten of the thirteen races. Strivers. Not only that, that I run the whole aspect of the club, you know, the board, we have, you know, 12 people on the board, but I actually put a lot of time and energy into the last three years revamping the Striders. So um, it, it's not, Striders is on kind of autopilot for a little while. Not that it was bad. I mean, it, it was kind of just staying steady and a lot of the older people that were in charge uh, were just getting older and it's just a lot of work for them. So I've always said somebody just needed to take charge and so and it was me actually <laughs> that yeah. finally said hey you know let me get back to the running community so I jumped up and became uh went on the board first and then you know I said okay things need to be changed this thing has been built for almost 50 years now Strider's going to 50th anniversary this year so many people put so much into the Striders over the years it's, t- it's time for the younger generation to kind of help and take the orange and, and move the club forward uh and we've done a very good job of it so what year did you start getting involved in Striders? Well, I first entered Striders when I started running again here in the community in 2010. Uh, my boys were younger and I got them into uh, New Energy. So I got them a New Energy program, the great club. Then we went to the summer series. I, I know I ran most of the Strider races. I started doing my Grand Prix and all that stuff. So, um, and I started helping coaching when my sons were in there too. And then um, I coached the, coached New Energy for a few years and then, you know, tried to help out in other ways, you know, volunteer events and stuff like that. But just uh, three, four years ago, it's like, I got to get involved. Striders need some help. And I joined the board. And once I got on the board, I kind of seen things that needed to be, needed some work, some help. So I went up and, and, you know, I'm not one of these people who say, okay, something's broke or it needs to be fixed, but let someone else fix it. If you see a problem, you got to go do something about it. Don't sit there and complain about it. Cause I seen stuff. We talked to other runners like, Hey, you know, stuff's not great. You know, things need to be done. So I jumped in and, and uh, I jumped right in. So when I went to the board meeting, I didn't just say, well, this needs to be fixed and walk away. I mean, I said, okay, uh, what needs to be done and I'll do it. And so I jumped in, I took over some races, helped with the marketing side, went back into community, meet up stuff that Shriners weren't doing. So now the club is, most members we've ever had i think we're at over 2100 members wow that's amazing yeah we're one of the largest clubs in the united states okay how difficult was your job when covid hit 
with Striders? Oh, it, it was, I just took over as president when COVID hit. So I had a lot of plans, a lot of things I want to do. But so when COVID hit, it took all those plans away. And basically what we were doing was we're in mode of how do we keep people running and keep people motivated and it also help the community still. So uh, first thing we did was we set up, so we set up some virtual races. Uh, like we were kind of the first one in virtual races because I put one on right away. I mean, COVID in March, we, we had a virtual race in early April and basically it was a free one. We didn't charge any money for it. We had everybody sign up. And if you wanted to give money, like donation, gave us a donation and we used that money to help local restaurants feed our healthcare workers. Oh, that's so we helped. Awesome. So basically we helped the local businesses uh, that weren't really making money at the time. We did two hospitals. We did the uh, Norfolk general and we also did Santerra in Virginia beach. Uh, and we used three or four different local restaurants in the area. We kind of spread it out a little bit. And uh, it, it worked great. So we did other ones too. We did one, we did another one where we raised money for the first responders. So, and we used other restaurants and they fed the first responders. And then we raised money for Virginia Beach Fallen Heroes as well. So everything we did went, all the money we raised, we didn't charge all that money went right directly to whatever we were fundraising. And it was really great. It was great. It brought the community together and all that. And then uh, we looked at ways how we can get back live. And um, we went live. Our first live race was in July, just a few months after. Once once the, they put that 250 number up there gathering, we went right with it and started putting events on. We, pro we were the first one in the state, I know, putting on events. So we went right into it. We started putting in, um, I think we, during COVID itself, uh, we put on 20 events during COVID. Wow. Uh, or, yeah, I 20. did not realize that. Yeah, we put on 20 live events. So basically, we went right into July, our summer series. You know, we, we did everything CDCs. I mean, I did research, uh, took it to the board, said, this is what the CDC guidelines said. Uh, RRCA, run, uh, Roadrunners Club of America, they put out guidance for all the clubs out there. We used their guidance. And we did everything safe. We didn't tell people they had to come out. It's the people that wanted to come out. So basically, we were... We were the catering for people that wanted the live race and they felt comfortable doing it. We're not, we're not pushing people to come out. You know what I mean? We're not saying yep. you have to come out and run if you don't feel comfortable. So I we remember running one and thinking, my goodness, a lot of organization went into this with, you know, the COVID protocols and the setting up the race corrals and, you know, knowing how many people could go out at once. I, exactly. I was really impressed with you know, the organization, but also the quality of the volunteers that you bring to Tidewater Striders races is unbelievable. I, and that's, the that's best. amazing. Yeah. And the best of the volunteers is they all come out of the community, all come from Tidewater Striders. It's just, and a lot of them are runners, walkers, bike, bicyclists, what, what, you know, in the community and they just give back. And that's what it's all about. I mean, everybody in the Tidewater Striders, if, People don't know. Tidewater Strides is a nonprofit. No one gets paid in the Tidewater Strides. Tidewater Strides all, my job down is all volunteer. So all that work you see put into the events, there's not a paid staff. So yeah. that's what we always say. We say, you know, it kind of helps us get volunteers because they know everybody's volunteer. You know, the race directors are volunteer. They know uh, boards, everyone there is a volunteer. There's nobody getting paid. 
sometimes people are like, yeah, I got to go volunteer an event that people are getting paid for. You know, people sometimes, you know, they have that. I, I know, but I know people that are like that. But to be able to volunteer at a full volunteer event like that when everyone is a volunteer is great. And that's what brings in so many striders is because um, it benefits you. If you're a runner, volunteer for a strider event that you're not doing benefits because there's other people that volunteer events that you do. Exactly. I love that you're promoting that because as a runner myself, I kind of have this one rule that I developed when I still lived in Wyoming before I moved back here. And that was that I have to volunteer as at as many races as I run. So yeah. it's just my personal standard because that's a I, great standard to have. Yeah. I, I think that I think that it's one of our responsibilities as runners is not just to, you know, be willing to toe the line in a race, but are you also willing to get out there and serve the other runners? Exactly. And that's why that's why, you know, I give so much to the striders now because you know, when I first started running and racing, I've done all their races. You know, you go to other races, you go to all races in town, and there's volunteers. So, you know, you see people out there and you want to give back to the community. And it's great. And that's why I love our community so much. We have a really great running community here. Um, you know, uh, we have all these these run groups and run clubs now all over the place. You know, we have JNA here who puts on, JNA puts on great events. Um, we just have a really good community of, of uh, runners and walkers and just people that want to stay fit. And I, you know, I think one time we were called, well, I think Virginia beach is like one of the fittest cities in the United States or something like that. I There's believe. a reason why yeah. I mean, if you go out and look at all the different run groups and run clubs in the area, you see why. And I think a lot of it has to do because the community is so great and support. Yeah. Um, that's why I think we get so many volunteers at all our events. So let's let's kind of segue a little bit here and let's talk about Thomas Hicks, the runner. Because I've got to run in a couple races with you and and I, I, I can only I can't really say with because Thomas runs much faster than I do. We hung out during the 24 hour. <laughs> we did hang out during the 24 hour run and I had a blast learning more about you. And that was kind of what inspired me to to try and get you on the show because you're an incredible runner in your own right but you you run like a plethora of different distances you've gone out and done the mile and you've done 24 hour races and everything in between so tell us a little bit about your running career well i first i started out when i was a young young kid in new york i was uh just liked running and then i was talented and then once coaches found out you know back in the 80s you know, they, they ran me and, you know, I was a pretty good, I was a great, uh, pretty much back then I ran middle distance. I, I was uh, a great high school athlete, uh, was recruited by a lot of colleges. Uh, you know, I, when I, I went to college and I was a good, co I only ran college for a year. Like I said, I ran a lot. And back then they just, they ran hard all the time. And I, I think it wore me down and I, I was just, it was like a job. So once Stop I got into fun. college, I ran really well. I was still running really good. I mean, I, I ran an Olympic qualifying time in the 3000 steeplechase. That was literally my last race as a collegiate runner. And I joined the military right after that. And when the military found out how fast I was in the Navy, they wanted me to run for them. And I said, no, I quit running. I'm done. So I literally quit competitive running for over 20 years. Wow. Yeah. I ran in the military, but I ran to stay in shape for my job, you know, training, stuff like that, but nothing, I did not race, did not do anything. 
Um, I had a command make me run like a 5K one time, a couple of times. They made me run competitive because I knew I can run and literally just, I literally would smoke, a, I was smoking a cigarette. I smoke a cigarette, <laughs> walk up, put the cigarette out, run a 17 minute 5K, come back, light a cigarette, and everybody's looking at me like, what the hell is this guy? You know? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, because I mean, I was at the time, I was a self, I mean, when I joined the military, I was a 14 something 5K. So, and that's just 17 minutes is easy without training, you know? That's <laughs> so, amazing. <laughs> so basically I did that and then I just, I just didn't want running anymore. So until in 2008, I was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis and I was, they gave me medicine and didn't like it, made me sicker. And I was like, something has to give. So I just, just like, let me just get a little more fit. You know, like I said, I always worked out, always tried to keep fit, but so let me try running again. So I came down, I was in DC for years and then I moved back down here. For, for work when I was in the military. And uh, there was a good group of running here. There's Hampton Roads runners that was here at the time, uh, then Tidewater Striders. I started running again and I said, wow, I jumped in a 5K. I felt those those uh, competitive uh, you know, fires burning again. And I said, wow, I'm pretty good at this again. So I started running, competing, and then uh, got into half marathons and the marathons. Then I did a 50K and I'm like, this is fun. And then I started, uh, I think it was 2014, 2015, my body started giving way a little bit. My balance started really going off. Wasn't running well, any of that. And then my daughter was born. I started pushing my daughter in a stroller. I found pushing the stroller kept me on balance. It kept me stronger. Because then I started, I was starting to fall when I was running. So now I had the stroller and I'm like, oh, I can feel better pushing it. And then I was, okay, well, I'm running better again now pushing the stroller because it kind of keeps me in balance. I don't have to not falling my body just keeps uh i thought the doctors about it they just said you know when you're off balance and your body's not doing what's supposed to do you're not going to be able to run good you're not going to be able to do certain things so now that's why i continue my daughter's getting older that's why i continue to, to run with the stroller so my balance stays you know i don't fall and have something to hold on to and it just keeps me straight and narrow and i can actually run better with the stroller because it keeps me balanced so I can run normally without the and, stroller. I'm just all over the place. And so you're just kind of, you're running with a stroller. How many pounds are in the stroller? 50 pounds in the stroller. And, you know, I'm not a small guy for a runner. You know, no. I'm, I'm 215 pounds. Uh, so I'm a big guy. I mean, I'm not, not no, <laughs> some people want to joke, you know, friends, you know, big guy, but I'm not fat. I'm just a big guy. Yeah. And you're a linebacker shape. Yeah, I'm live back here. So 215 pounds, and I'm pushing 50 pounds in a stroller. You count the stroller, and that's probably another 25. That's probably 75 pounds total pushing. So, you know, I'm pushing and, you know, still running fast doing it. So let's just go fast. So you did, um, what was it you did before the Colonial Half Marathon? It was down in Virginia Beach. It was... Was it a 10K or something? Oh, I did. A, uh, so far this year, I did a 5K. I ran a 17.27 5K at the resolution. I ran a 10 miler in one hour and 17 minutes. That was a six, that's a 602 pace for 10 miles. And then I just ran a windy, really windy 15 miler at Fort Monroe. I mean, it was 25 mile mile winds that day. And I ran a 138 15 miler. 
And then this past weekend, I just ran the Colonial Williamsburg half, which is all big, high rollers. I mean, big rolling hills. And I ran a, I still ran a 123, pushing the stroll up and down hills. And I still like, I think it was second, oh, a second masters. So that's awesome. That yeah, is awesome. I'm, I'm 50. The guy I won was only 40. So that. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. So that, I mean, that is insanely fast without a 50 to 75 pound stroller. Well, I ran a five minute mile last summer and that's just a few set. That's actually just a few seconds off the world record and pushing in the mile, pushing the stroller. Wow. So I already own the, I already own the hundred K world record. pushing. Okay. I own that. I own that 10 hours. So all right. I have the, I have so the what do you got to do to get the 24 hour record pushing the stroller? How many I don't miles think do there is to? a 24 hour record. Good. Well, let's set it, man. You're going to yeah, Cape Fear again this gonna, year, right? I think I, think I could have set it this year, but you know, I just was having a bad night. I mean, you, we were together. I was just yep. had a bad spasm. Wasn't really doing right. And the best call was to call it quits. Yeah. Yeah. I got six, I got 68 miles with exactly. And yeah, that was, was only 13 hours. I was going to say you were only there for like 13, maybe 14 hours. They had probably yeah. about 13 hours. I mean, 13 hours. And that last probably half an hour, hour, I was just trying to get my body back. You know, we walked a little bit. We tried to, I tried to get food in me. It just wasn't, wasn't yeah. working. Body wasn't cooperating that day. No, but so, I mean, 68 miles within 13 hours is pretty good. I mean, you, you were well within reach to, to do well over a hundred. I think you probably could have challenged the winner that day. Yeah, I was. I mean, we were. I I was. I think when I quit, I was in second or third when I yeah. pulled out. So yeah, I mean, I was in the competition um, when I pulled out, but I, I just couldn't do any more damage. That and and you done. realized the guy that won, Billy. I can't remember his last name, but he is. He had one of the top 25, 24 hour races this year. Yeah. No, he's he's a great guy. I, I ran a couple of miles with him. Yeah. Um, he's a, a really nice guy, but. What I'm really saying is you were right there. Yeah, I was with them. Yep. So was, you were running I steady. In, I was in the top three the whole time. Like I said, I, I was in top three when I pulled and it was still a lot of time to go. I mean, another still 11 hours to roll basically. And uh, I was already at 68 miles. And he, he, I think he was at that time. I think he only had like five or six miles. on. Yeah. He was probably 72. When yeah. At the time I pulled, he was, yeah. Cause when he seen me pull, and he had, you know, he knew what was going on because I talked to him briefly and he said, oh man, he said, man, you know, I don't have you pushing me now. I'm yeah. Like, there was nobody think, close to him. I hey. said, I don't think I was pushing you, but <laughs> you yeah, that was a fun race. I really enjoyed it. So one of the things that you said when I got to do a couple laps with you, I was just kind of talking to you about, you know, MS and, you know, the amazing things you're doing because my mother-in-law actually had MS for a number of years. And uh, I can promise you, she never ran a 5k. So what you're doing with MS is amazing. And I, I'm, I really, I love watching you run. I love, you know, the story and everything, but you told me something when we were running together about how you've gotten comfortable, not comfortable being uncomfortable, but you've gotten used to the uncomfortable. Do you remember that? Yeah, I basically, what people see, people think I'm just this normal person. They look at me, oh, this guy's, you know, don't, he's not sick. He doesn't have issues or whatever, right? They don't know what's going on every, the battle I have every single day. There's mornings I can't get out of bed. 
it struggles. It takes me a while to get out of bed. I'll still get my run in that day, but it's a struggle. It's just, um, you know, I have days struggling with my brain. You know, I can't concentrate. I can't think, you know, I have vision. I have one eye. I only have vision in one eye now. One vision has been gone for like three, four years. So I struggle with a lot of things in my body. Some days I can't believe I go out and run because, you know, basically I don't have the same motion in my legs. You know, I struggle walking sometimes, but I can go out and run. I can go run a 17 something five. I, I can't explain it. I'm just, it's to the point where I'm just used to it. So I just, my body, so when I'm running and I start having some spasms or I'm not feeling that great or whatever, I just keep on going. I just run through it because the MS is speaking to me, telling me I'm still here, but I'm just saying, well, I'm going to just continue going. My thing is I push. I keep on pushing. I feel if I keep on pushing, I push away from the problems I have, the MS issues that I keep on building my body. I mean, I work out, I don't just run, I work out, I stay strong. Um, I'm trying to do the right thing so my body is stronger to fight all this stuff. But I think the stronger we are to fight something, you know, I mean, I've, I've known people, there's people that have MS less than I have, but they're in a condition, but I see what they do. They don't take care of themselves, they're not healthy, they don't eat good, no sort of any kind of physical activity. This disease, it's eating your body away. So. Got to make your body stronger. You know, if you're not making your body stronger, you're just letting the thing take over. So that's why I started doing this stuff back in 2010. Uh, so I need to get stronger. And that's what I've been doing. So I continue to keep on doing it. And I, and that's what I mean. I mean, the whole thing is get away from that. I always fight to get away from that wheelchair. Cause they always say, Oh, one day you'll be in a wheelchair. And I'm like, well, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to fight every moment for that not to happen. But if something does happen, I can say I, I, I fought, I fought in the end. You know what I mean? I didn't, yeah. I didn't just sit down in that, in that wheelchair and say, okay, you know, that's, that's my life now. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. thing is you got to force me into that thing. Yep. Living an ultra life is brought to you by Forge Glory Athletics. Forge Glory Athletics is a science driven, client proven premier running company that instills strong introspective pillars through disciplines of movement that award personal growth and multiple aspects of the athlete's life without injury. We must find the light within ourselves before others can follow. Christopher Guerra. Love the fact you're fighting the fight, you're running the race, you're refusing to let a medical condition dictate how you're going to live. Yeah, that's, that's just the way it should be. I mean, everybody has issues. Everybody has problems. I mean, I know there's things that get really worse. You can't do certain things. I just don't look at it that way. I mean, I'm just going to keep on going until I can't anymore. Like I said, I, I have a walker and a cane at home. Sometimes I have to use that. Do I get mad when I have to use my cane? Yeah, I get really pissed. But I don't want to fall either. Yeah. But, let me tell you, as, as soon as I can throw that cane away, I'm, you know, through I get rid of it, I, you know, I, I do, you know, you keep on fighting, you know, to get away from those things, your sickness. I mean, that's all I've been doing is run, running away from, uh, running away from being sick. I, I think and you're I fast enough. You're, you should be able to outrun it. I, that's what I mean. I mean, and people ask me, how, how do you continue to do it? I don't have the answers. I don't have the answer. 
I just know in my, what I do is I put everything that I can do and that's put my soul into it and I continue to do it. That's all I, that's the only thing I can control. I can't control that. I can continue to do it. I don't know how I'm doing it. Like I said, some days I, when I'm walking down the street, <laughs> you know, going and running a freaking uh, 100K or marathon or 50K. I don't know how, how that happens. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, I can't explain it. There's something inside you that refuses to give up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I, my body gets beat up, but I also take care of my body. I stretch all the time. I roll. I, I do everything that you're supposed to do. You know, I mean, I, when you're sick, you really, really look at your body. You really take care of yourself more than you would if you weren't. So that mentality also with my running, because I know to stay healthy, I have to run. To keep me doing that, I have to take care of myself. Yeah. Everything I can do to keep myself functional, continue to do. So I really, you know, look at everything. Would you say that running helps you mentally also stay strong? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because a biggest aspect of, of what I have to, you know, when you're sick and things happen to you, you know, it's depression comes in. Um, I also have uh, PTSD from when I served in the military. So I, there's a lot of mental things that, that go on up in there as it is so running does help out a lot it just keeps me focused keeps me you know where i need to be and it, it's it makes me feel good so you know something makes you feel good and makes you happy you know that's why i like being involved in striders and being involved not just running my own race but helping other people run theirs because i can tell you i get more joy watching people accomplish their goals at a race that that i put on and i that i help do just run quick story during last year, during the, the uh, pandemic, there was no marathons going on. People couldn't qualify for Boston. So Striders, we, I came up with a plan to let's put a marathon on so people can start qualifying for Boston. During the pandemic, we actually put on four marathons and to watch people with no hope. The first, the, this is the first one we put on. We put this one on, uh, I think what is it, uh, November 2021. I think it was in no, uh, yeah, November 2021 yeah. at Dismal, right? Yeah, Dismal. That was the first one we put on. The first one we put on. There was no marathons going on anywhere. You, you couldn't find a marathon, right? And every and if you could, there was only 200 people, 250 people, and they were selling out quick. So we put this on, and to see people come through that finish line and have their accomplishment, people were crying. They were, I mean, people were so happy to be able to accomplish something they couldn't accomplish within that year because they put the training in, but they just didn't have a place to do it. And just to get that BQ that no one else was offering at the time, it was just a great moment to see people and all the thanks you got for, you know, thank you for giving me this opportunity. And then it was great. To let, you know, we did four races over the year and a half and uh, people would tag me and Striders going to Boston this, this past Boston. Right. That was in October. People are like, thank you, Striders, for making this happen. I qualified at the race. And we had people travel from all over the country come to our races, our marathons again. So it was great to see people, uh, us give them the opportunity to be able to accomplish something. That's why, so when I, I get more joy of other people's accomplishments than myself. I mean, yeah. I like to accomplish stuff. I like to do good. But I love seeing the joy of other people and how much that's how you tell how, how running is very important to people. 
if you want to see an important, you go to a finish line, especially at a, you know, an ultra race or a marathon, you know, a longer race when people actually accomplish something like that, you know, accomplish say a hundred mile, you know, get a belt buckle or, or something big like that. You got to see some emotion. You're going to see stuff that, wow, this is why people do it. This is crazy. So that's my biggest thing is I love being at that finish line and watching people come in. Yeah. And one of the neat things, and I, I watched you at the um, Mill Williams 50K um, at Seashore in December. I think this is totally cool what you do. You wait around until the very last runner is coming in and oh, yeah. you greet them as if they just won the race. Yeah. And that's a, I just wanted to say that's a fantastic characteristic because you, you know, you could tell that you see that they put in all the hard work too. And it's, it's just great what you do. I just love watching you at, at races. The first, race the first person, thank you. The first person and the last person, there's not much different, just the speed. They're all putting in, especially when you do, you were saying an ultra race. I mean, they're, and another thing is those people that are finishing later in the ultra races, they've been out there a long, long time. Um, so we want them to have the same feel. And we did that down our 100K too. We, you know, we, there was a couple of volunteers still there. That last person come in, we're all sitting there cheering for them to come in. And they, they really loved it because that's what it's about. You know, of course, the whole big crowd is really not going to be there, but at least somebody's there to cheer them on and tell them how great they did and appreciate they are. And that's how it should be, because that's a big accomplishment. I'm sorry. If you go out there and do any kind of ultra race, no matter if you're first or you're last, that's a big accomplishment. So that's why we want to make sure that everyone feels that way. I have won two DFL awards, so I I know I, I could tell you as one of those back of the pack runners how much we appreciate race directors like you who greet us just like we're that guy that crossed the finish line first. It's, it's yeah. a huge thing. It is. And I appreciate it. That's what I want people to feel. I, we did a race not too long ago, uh, a few years ago. And, you know, there was an actual runner. We didn't, we didn't know, actually, we thought all the runners were done. There was a walker actually walked the whole one of the distance series races and she came across, she was coming across and we were already picking up everything and felt, we felt so bad because we actually thought everyone finished. We didn't get her, her bib didn't, didn't come up, you know, and oh, been wow. out there all day. I mean, been out there seven hours, you know, it's okay. No one else. We asked the guy that cleans up the course, Dan, he didn't see her, you know, cause he, he cleans up the court. Just didn't, we just didn't see her. It wasn't on purpose. We thought the person finished. So when she came across we felt so bad that never is going to happen again. Cause now we, we get a better track of everybody and all that, but that really felt that was hard. That was very hard. To, it has nothing to do with how it looks and all that. It's just how it feels for that person to feel like, Oh man, they closed down on me. I'm yeah. that slow. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. That's not how we, we want to act. And I, I don't think any race director wants, wants to do that because everyone, fast or slow pays for a race. And they, they pay for the same experience. So um, when that happened, it was like, we can't let this happen again. And like I said, it was a, just a just an accident, just a mistake. It wasn't done on purpose. We, we really thought everyone was off the course. Uh, but now we double, double check. I even now, in the marathons and the half marathons, long races, I even go out myself and double check and make sure that there is nobody else. Off That's the awesome. Top. That's awesome. So. All right, so let's wrap this up. You've got a brand new runner 
in front of you who, you know, has their first pair of running shoes. They're scared to death. They're, they're wondering if this is really for them. What would you tell the brand new runner about what it's going to take for them to finish that first race and keep on running free and happy for the rest of their lives? Basically, they just enjoy it. Enjoy every step of the way. I mean, people run for different reasons, a lot of different reasons. Hopefully, that person you're out there for the reason why you want to be out there. Enjoy it for the reason you want to be out there running. Uh, enjoying, if it's for health, if it's for just fun or you like the race, you know, accomplishments, make sure it's for what you want. Running needs to be for what you want it to be not for what anybody else. And that's what I learned at an early age is people wanted me to run competitively and hard and basically for them, it wasn't for me. I wasn't enjoying it, but now I run for myself. I run for my health. And I just like would tell someone, just run for you, that's run awesome. for anyone else. That's awesome. Well, Thomas, man, I really appreciate you taking some time to uh, be on the, on the show. And I'm looking forward to people hearing about a guy who is kicking MS's ass um, as somebody who has watched somebody be struck by this very debilitating disease. I just really want to say, I admire what you're doing. I think you are an amazing man and uh, just keep on kicking ass. All right. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. You bet. That'll do it for this week's episode of Living and Ultra Life with Thomas Hicks, amazing runner, amazing man. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living and Ultra Life.